At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Miss T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Hello, listeners. You're back where it's at for the latest edition of What You've Been Missing. And this is Tanisha Baker, and you're on with Talking with T. I'm excited to bring you the best of trending news, noted interviews, new artists, and much, much more. It's February 22nd, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, actress Drew Barrymore, basketball great Julius Irving, politician Ted Kennedy, and the first president of the United States, George Washington. On this date in history, DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith, then known as the Fresh Prince, received the first Grammy awarded for a rap song in 1989, and Frank Peterson became the first black general in the U.S. Marine Corps. As we continue to celebrate Black History Month, remember you can check out daily Black History Facts on the Talking With T Facebook or Twitter accounts. As we continue our theme of Feel Good February, your advice for today comes from a list of 10 steps to self-esteem. Number one, know yourself. Number two, Understand what makes you feel great. And three, recognize things that get you down. Four, set goals to achieve what you want. Five, develop trusting friendships that make you feel good. And six, don't be afraid to ask for help. Number seven, stand up for your beliefs and values. Number eight, help someone. And nine, Take responsibility for your own actions. And finally, number 10 is to take good care of yourself. Let's jump right into our trending news. Welcome back, Pam and Jay. What's going on? Hey, oh, not a lot and everything. Hey, Pam. Well, look, we're going to start off our trending news by talking about the controversy over Beyonce's performance at the Super Bowl. Now, last week we discussed it, and you can go back and listen to the show that dropped on February 15th, but today we're going to circle back around and talk about the police officers across the country that are wanting to boycott offering security at her concerts. So I'm not sure I really understand all of that because I thought there was some type of vow about protecting and serving and all of that. So, I mean, I don't know if there are any stipulations to that where it says you only protect and serve if you're not mad at somebody, but I think this is kind of ridiculous. Right, and I'd be interested to hear from people who have worked in law enforcement uh, along those same lines because, like you, I thought the vow to protect and serve was not uh, based upon how you felt about a particular issue, about a particular person's stance on various issues. And it would seem that if I'm attending the concert and something happens and there weren't adequate security there, then I might have grounds to sue or might have some complaint that I could file because whether they're mad at her or not, I'm at an event and expect some type of security. Right. And it seems that I bet Beyonce and Jay-Z are just at home laughing about all this because it's not like they don't have the funds to hire their private security. or They probably could hire some cops who want to do some work on the side. Right, right, right. And, you know, though, they've even asked people not to volunteer or allow them to do that. So that's one of the things um, that they are putting that message out there. But you're right. Anybody that can buy their own island 
can probably put together some type of security force. And there was even a sheriff here in Tennessee that had the nerve to blame Beyonce this past week for a drive-by shooting outside his house. Now, keep in mind this particular sheriff is under investigation for selling e-cigarettes to prisoners. And I understand this isn't his first trouble with the law because he's had some lawsuits and he's also under investigation for corruption charges. So maybe it had to do with one of those things and not her because he says that she also is the reason for other officer shootings across the country since her performance at the Super Bowl. I just think he was using uh, her as the scapegoat, trying to find an easy excuse to cover up his own wrongdoings because it really was rather foolish for him to immediately point the finger at Queen B because his house got shot up. I'm just saying. Right, right. And I'm thinking while they're investigating him, maybe they need to do a mental evaluation as well because it really kind of sounds crazy. And so I, I'm not sure he's all together there. I don't think so either. And they're quick to say that her performance was based on the Black Panthers and the Black Panthers or this terrorist group, even comparing them to the Ku Klux Klan. So, again, the controversy was that Beyonce was paying homage to the Black Panther Party, and police officers have taken offense, saying now that she is anti-police. So what I don't understand is why people don't get the fact that you can be pro one thing without being anti-another. So just because she decides to acknowledge or tribute to the Black Panther Party, which is a part of her history, doesn't mean that she's against the police. And speaking of the Black Panthers, last Friday, Albert Woodfox, who was the last of the Angola Three inmates who spent 43 years in solitary confinement in a Louisiana state prison after pleading no contest to manslaughter in the 1972 killing of a prison guard. So 43 years in solitary confinement. He was only in general population for a couple of months before they locked him in solitary confinement, him and two other co-defendants, because they were asking for better conditions at the prison. And they labeled them troublemakers because of their Black Panther affiliation. They've been institutionalized in this little bitty cell 23 hours out of the day. They only get one hour out. And so that has to be traumatic on you. He probably would never be the same. I don't know how he would... You know, adjust to being a free man after being in there that long. And having lack of contact. And I was also reading that they're doing some studies about really the cruelty of having someone in confinement that way and the impact um, on their life, their mental state, et cetera. And they said that he had a really strong character and a really strong state of mind, so he didn't completely lose it. But I know that Obama, uh, matter of fact, is having them look into reducing the amount of years or the length of time that anyone can stay in solitary confinement um, because it's considered uh, inhumane. Yes, it, it is. And to be there, he's on record, he is the only one that has served solitary confinement for that long. And their wow. reasons was they didn't want him spreading his beliefs with the other inmates. They didn't want him you know, making the Black Panther Party, you know, bigger because they, they thought he had that much control over people. Wow. Well, it's just like, you know, you look at the Super Bowl, you have Beyonce and 12 women that have started this outrage across the whole country. And if they're scared of them, I can imagine what they were scared, you know, at that time of people who were actively involved in the Black Panther Party. But um, we're going to move forward.
with another story. It's a pretty sad story that just happened this past Saturday in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And so an Uber driver who evidently picked up and dropped off passengers between shootings and ultimately killed six people. So Jason Dalton, who is now in custody, had passed the required background check before his seven-hour killing rampage. You can check out the details of this story on the webpage under today's show, but a quick rundown is this. The first victim was shot at 5.42 p.m. in an apartment complex. So she was with her three children, and although in serious condition, she's expected to survive. Four hours later, a father, age 53, and his son, age 17, were shot and killed at a car dealership. Then minutes later, which was around 10.24 p.m., Dalton opened fire in a Cracker Barrel parking lot on a car where he ended up killing four women ages 60, 62, 68, and 74. Now, there was actually a fifth victim in that car as well, which was a 14-year-old girl who amazingly survived, but she's in critical condition. Two hours later, Dalton was taken into custody. And so I guess the big question is why, because he had never had a criminal record, he passed the background check, and all of a sudden he just goes on this killing spree. And I haven't been one to have faith in, you know, just jumping in the car with some random person, although the concept of Uber seems quite ingenious. It makes sense. You know, I just personally have been afraid to do that. Yeah, I was intrigued as to what his motive might have been because when you gave us the the rundown of all the shootings, like you said, it was between his Uber stops. I'm just like, dude, why are you shooting the people? Why are you picking up this other these other people over here and dropping them off at destinations A, B, and C? What's right. really going on? Yeah, well, that's a sad story. I just I'm curious to find out if they uh, are able to determine a motive, and we'll keep up with this story as it moves forward. But it is quite, you know sad story, but it's a little perplexing as to why he would pick some people up and drop them off, and then at other times just start shooting. And I have a quick question. Was he cleaning up his car in between killings? I mean... So the first victim was standing outside in a parking lot at an apartment complex, the one that didn't get killed, the first lady. Then the other two were killed at a car dealership. They were actually outside looking at cars. So he actually didn't kill people in his car. He shot at people... Yeah, outside the car. Okay, carry on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, the next story, uh, Jay will find this interesting because he and I have had this discussion a couple of times, but I think I have finally coming over to his side in that all hoverboards are officially reported as unsafe. Because most recently I read where a man had pulled up to his burning house after getting a text from his oldest daughter that the house was on fire and she couldn't get out. So, of course, he rushes home. He's panicking. He's trying to get in, but smoke and fire coming out all of the windows. Eventually, he hears some noise on the back side of the house where she had kicked out the window of one of their security doors. And thank goodness, um, two of his children were able to get out. Unfortunately, the home burned to the ground, but the source of the fire was reported to be a hoverboard. And the interesting thing about this is that this family took all the same precautions that I did before I purchased mine. So they ordered it from a reputable company. They made sure they had the official Samsung battery, and then they read reviews on the product. And none of that gave them any indication that they had purchased one of those that were deemed to be unsafe. Yet today, 
they are without a home um, because the hoverboard set their home ablaze. So, you know, since this time, I've now retired our hoverboard. We haven't written it in weeks. But um, I also read that in the past 10 weeks, there have been reports of 52 hoverboard fires. Now, relatively speaking, 52 out of millions doesn't seem like a lot. But as long as the possibility exists, I think we'd rather be on the safe side. Right. And I just saw a guy riding one down the street as I was on my way home from church uh, this afternoon. So, yeah. And I bet yeah. the prices of those have gone down tremendously. You remember how expensive they were when they first came out? Right, right. And now I don't think you can find a lot of places that sell them. And if you do, they're probably overseas. And, of course, now you got to tack on shipping. But you're right. I bet you can get them for a little of anything. Now, in fact... If anybody wants to buy one, you can hit me at www.talkwitht.com, and I might be able to give you a good deal on a gold hoverboard with an official Samsung battery. <laughs> now, you setting yourself up. You setting yourself up for that day. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. I set myself up. Well, you know what? The uh, hoverboards aren't the only things catching on fire. Because I read that a mega bus caught on fire outside of Chicago, and they still have not determined the cause. So, fortunately, no one was hurt. But it was just there and caught on fire. I can believe that, though, because Megabus is so like soul plane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You Greyhound catching on fire, have you? <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> we have not. But now, Jay, I know you had another story, and this one I really can't wait to hear because I have followed it this week, but I'm going to let you share the details with the listeners. Right, and I'm I'm still trying to figure everything out myself. But on Tuesday, February 16th, 18-year-old Malcolm Love Robinson, who calls himself Dr. Love, hold that thought, was arrested and now faces two counts of practicing medicine without a license, four counts of fraud, and one count of grand theft larceny. Now, he was the president and CEO of the New Birth, New Life Holistic Alternative Medical Center and Urgent Care, since November. Now, I would say that again. Say it again for me, please. Tim, please tell me the name again of the center. <laughs> the New Birth, New Life, Holistic Alternative Medical Center and Urgent Care. All right. So Should have been a sign right there, but go ahead. Right. <laughs> clearly, clearly. So I went on the medical center's website, and according to uh, the practice's website, it says, Dr. Love Robinson utilizes physiological, psychological, and mechanical methods such as air, water, light, heat, earth, food, and herb therapy, psychotherapy, mechanotherapy, neuropathic uh, corrections and manipulations, uh huh, and natural methods or modalities together with natural medicines, naturally processed foods, and herbs and nature's remedies to treat his patients. Uh huh. So, okay. Um, Malachi, well, it sounds. I mean, it sounds legit, kind of. Well, you know, when I when I saw the the little description of what he uses to treat the people, it's kind of like growing up. You know, if you had a headache, and my mother told you go drink some water and go lay down. That's right. what I immediately <laughs> thought of. Uh, my, my stomach hurts. Go eat an apple. So, anywho, um, Malachi appears to have, quote, unquote, treated several patients 
including an 86-year-old woman for stomach pain who he charged $3,400, okay? Now, this 86-year-old woman, she did. Now, according to uh, the sources that I read, this 86-year-old woman filed a complaint because uh, when she was sent to the emergency room, she sent him back to get her purse, and he allegedly stole her checks and was cashing them all around the city, which allowed the Palm Beach narcotics to kind of do an investigation to do an investigation on him, and ultimately had a an undercover agent coming in for an exam, which blew Malachi's cover. Okay. Now wait now, just a minute. Is, wait just a minute, Jay. You mean to tell uh-huh. me that this man? With the first new life, new birth, exponential healing with water, air, and heat and earth that opened the clinic, yeah, and and was charging people and impersonating a doctor, got caught because he stole somebody's checks. That's what I read. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because I'm thinking maybe he got caught because he was impersonating a doctor. That too. Um, okay. The, the the practices website even said that uh, they accepted insurance. They were able to set up payment plans. So they have all the the nice little bells and whistles of an actual medical practice. But you know, from looking at the website, I would have raised an eyebrow and like, okay, dude. So what are your credentials? Which raised a couple of red flags for a lot of people anyway, and. Like I said, of course, this isn't the first time that he attempted to work his way into the halls of medicine. And last winter, he made his way into an exam room at one of the other medical centers wearing a lab coat with a stethoscope uh, in a major hospital in Palm Beach and introduced himself as Dr. Robbins to one of the physicians there. And the physician said, well, now, I know these medical students are getting younger and younger, but he looks a little bit too young to have gone through college and to have gone through medical school. So the security so is 18 as of right now. So he had to be younger than that. He was a minor. Yeah, I think so he was 17 when he started, or when he opened his facility. Right. So they didn't release his name when they caught him in the in the hospital impersonating a doctor. Now, they did show one of his lab coats, and it said Dr. Malachi Love Robinson with all these acronyms. And even the the last group of letters that he had behind his name was D Men, as in Doctorate of Ministry. So wait a minute, wait a minute. So he preaches too. Hold on, I'm gonna get to that. So in an interview on Good Morning America, he stated that his training has consisted of studying all these natural remedies and natural medicine for several years and quote unquote shadowing several doctors. Now, he claims to have a Ph.D., but he wouldn't say what the Ph.D. was in because, according to him, that's not the issue here. So his grandfather is a pastor, and Malachi is an up-and-coming minister in his grandfather's church. Now, that's something in the the pastor, you know, I'm not a pastor, probably not even close, but I know something about uh, the Ten Commandments, with one of them being, that should not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Now, he's 17, and he's a, a minister, and he has a Ph.D. and an M.D., 
and he's opened now, up a medical clinic. Okay. Let, let me stop you. Make, let me stop you. Probably about to make a DVD. Because <laughs> <laughs> I read they didn't even have proof that he graduated from high school. He was homeschooled up until the age of 15. Uh, and then what? Oh, that's when he... About a minute. He apparently went online and got all these certificates to practice natural medicine. Okay, all right, okay. So how did he get the money to open the clinic? Somebody he owns it, right? Somewhere. It's his clinic. Yes, but somebody somewhere okay. threw him a little corner change to open it up, apparently. He probably got a GoFundMe. Everybody else got one. Well, maybe well, someone out there circulating. So his his grandfather said it was, was trying to take up for the boy and said, well, he's not out here doing drugs. He's trying to do something productive uh, and constructive. And perhaps the paperwork just wasn't right, and that sometimes Malachi can get ahead of himself that he had good intentions. That's what his grandfather, the pastor, said. Mm-hmm. And so Malachi had a press conference where he claimed that uh, people will be hearing from his lawyer. So my question is, okay, is he going to impersonate his his own lawyer, or is he actually <laughs> hiring somebody? I have questions. But I do know I wouldn't go to him for any sort of medical treatment because if online I can't figure out where you went to school and got your medical training, I'm good. It almost sounds like a witch doctor. You know. Can you get a certificate to be a witch doctor? You can because they make it so easy online now. They have, you can get your degree for anything online. Here's the thing though. He's 18 years old. So, you know, I'm just like most of these online places, if they're reputable, they need, like, at least at minimum a high school diploma, I would think. Well, I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of questions to be answered. But we do know that somewhere in that rattled brain of his is some level of intelligence for him to be able to pull all of this off. Twice at that. Twice. Right. And you know what? i tell you what, though. He's not the only one because I saw a similar story that's emerged about an Ohio team. In fact, this came out this week who's been indicted for posing as a representative of the state Senate. And so, to my understanding, the uh, senator that he's representing, so to speak, was scheduled to speak at a high school. Some type of way, he was able to convince the high school that the senator was sick and that he'd be there in his place and so forth and had his suit on, gave the speech and everything before he was called as being an impersonator. These children. <laughs> it reminds me of that movie, Catch Me If You Can. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That was a great In real life yeah. version. <laughs> well, look, let's transition over to the Crazy Chronicles because we're about there anyway with this last story. And let's start off by talking uh, about Mr. Kanye West. So, now he's just released his new album, Life of Pablo, tweeted that he was $53 million in debt. Now, a year ago, he claimed he was $16 million in debt after launching his clothing line. So I kept thinking, wow, that's a lot of money. And he's telling the whole world that he's in debt. And I actually read through some of the tweets and all. But I had to dig a little deeper. And according to Business Insider, which kind of sheds light on helps me understand some of the financial jargon and things like that, it equates that with an average citizen that earns, let's say, 53000 a year being in debt for 127000 or even to put it more simply, it's like someone having $53,000 a year yet having a mortgage. So I'm starting to think now, is this some type of marketing stunt? I'm not sure. 
But we do know that he's been tweeting, asking for money, right, Pam? Okay, Kanye had even asked the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, for $1 billion to help him get out of debt. And what's so funny is he did it on Twitter. (laughs) So why would you ask the founder of Facebook and you on Twitter? (laughs) Just Kanye is a special somebody. He ain't been right since he got with them Kardashians. (laughs) I would venture to say before the Kardashians. I'm going to say, you know, there's some question now um, coming out about his mental state. Some people close to him are saying that he needs some type of counseling, that he needs to take a break. Um, in fact, I posted a story yesterday on Sunday about uh, some people that are kind of concerned about him right now, maybe afraid that he's losing it a little bit. Oh, have you seen his clothing line? That's, that's enough. It looked like something. I don't even know what it looked like. Jay, do you do you know what it looked like? I was about to say that if the clothing line is part of the reason why he's in debt, I totally understand. But it's, <laughs> you know, your whole your whole collection looks like a bunch of burlap sacks and uh, paper grocery sacks. <laughs> then you need to get the rest of your money back because you really only paid like two dollars for your whole clothing line, and you probably. <laughs> You probably spent the bulk of your money trying to get those models there, whoever they are, and get them to march up and down the runway looking like, you know, soon I will be done with the troubles of the world. I just want to know who anybody bought some of those items. If you did, please let us know. You know, we I did. Happy. I went to Kroger's yesterday. Oh, you know what? Go <laughs> <laughs> in the closet now and get some because one of the models had on a toboggan, a hoodie, a face mask, a neck brace. A uh, wraparound skirt, some leggings, and some flip flops and socks. So I could, I could do that. Right <laughs> the neck brace, though, Pam. Yes, man, I don't know what this was. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I'm wondering, doesn't he have any friends? Somebody should have said, "Look, man, you know, what I mean, they should have pulled him to the side and said, let 'Let's think about this.'" Speaking of crazy, um, this is really crazy about this. This mother who hid her dead son in her trunk for almost 11 years. Pam. Um, and how they... Pam. Is this a real story? You know we got rules. Is, is this a real story? This is a, a real It's a real story. story. Okay. A real story, real life story. A Virginia trooper making a routine traffic stop because the tags were expired discovered the badly decomposed remains of a boy who had been missing since 2004. Tanya Slayton, the boy's mother, was charged with concealing a dead body and will be charged with murder soon, they said, after she was pulled over. Um, According to reports, Quincy Jamar Davis was last seen in 2004 when he was a 7th grader at Virginia Beach Middle School. The strange thing is neither Miss Slayton nor the boy's stepfather, who is her ex-husband, nor the school reported him missing. The school didn't even report him missing from class. The child was like, really just forgotten until the trooper pulled her over. Her tags was expired. She didn't have verification of new tags. They was going to tow the car. They're doing inventory. They found some bags in the trunk. Went Had an awful smell. Went through the bags, and there was his body. Had been in there for almost 11 years. Now, if that isn't, isn't crazy. I don't I'm really speechless. I'm speechless. So, you know, we did a story. I, I don't know if you remember, Pam, about the lady whose husband died, and 
she had him sitting in the chair in the house. Yeah, so the bird. And she got charged with, yeah, improper disposal. Okay, so I get that part. So they're saying, though, that she actually killed her own son? Yeah, they said the cause of death hasn't been determined yet. They did a forensics identified the body as being him through dental records, but they haven't determined the cause of death. That's why they're waiting on the murder charge. But she had already been mm. in prison for four years uh, in 2007 after she killed her son for trying to kill her ex-husband. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that is, you're right. Yeah, so, that is a crazy story. So it's just crazy. And the ex-husband and his mother said the last time they seen the little boy was probably back in 2003, 2004. So I don't see that my mother or my brothers or anybody in my family would, you know, let me go that long without seeing one of my kids. I think that'd be like, uh, Pam, where, where Bubba, where Tyreek at? I ain't seen him in a minute, you know. How could you even right. explain that? And you right. know Mama Lou wouldn't be going, Tanisha. What? It wouldn't take 11 years. You're talking about 11 hours? Yeah, about <laughs> half a day or so. You want to know where her grandbaby is. Yeah, this is just, just mm. strange that she could ride around that long in with her son in the back and that like it's nothing. They said she showed no remorse at all. Just like, well. But my whole thing is, you got a dead body in the back of your car, like Lazarus. Surely he's thinking. (laughs) Well, that's how they found him. But how can she ride around with a dead body rotten and thinking in her car? Because she's crazy. That's why it's in the Crazy Chronicles. We tell you, she has to be nuts, though. Yes. And before we go, let me just say that this week we lost a great man, Austin's former basketball coach, John B. Foster. Me and Tanisha had the honors of cheering on his state championship team. Um, right. Good time. You know, that year we won football, basketball, boys and girls track. You know, Austin's was unstoppable. So we just want to offer our condolences. Such a shameless plug for our alma mater. Yes. 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 You know, be, be. But back to Coach Foster, yeah. But back to Coach Foster. He was a great man, a great science teacher. Uh, he didn't. He didn't play. He was straightforward. Um, great coach. Great with all the kids that came through Austin East, even the kids that you know weren't here. So he will be missed. Um, I used to mess with him in all the games recently, telling him did he want to come back and coach. He'd be like, no. Little Miss Camp, I'm I'm done. I'm enjoying myself. Okay. All right, then. Right, 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 right. He definitely was a legacy in the community um, and in school and in the world of coaching because I know he had received several awards um, due to his coaching ability and influence in our community. He will be missed, and we do want to, you know, honor the life of one of our famous coaches and role models at Austin East High School here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, you know what? That's it for this bit, and I can't wait to hear what you two have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. All right, now. Well, once again, we've come to an end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. You can also download Talking With T on iTunes or TuneIn Radio. Additionally, you can also subscribe to Talking With T Daily, which is my online newspaper, and get your daily scoop of trending news. 
Don't forget to nominate a hometown hero or a top team. And we welcome suggestions for topics or more of what you would like to hear on Talking With T. If you are an artist and want your music featured on the show, please contact us for a chance to get your talent noticed. On that note, I'll end with a quote by Frederick Douglass. It's not light that we need, but fire. It's not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. Remember where you heard the word, keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.